you. Hey, thanks. What can I get you? Um, I'm not sure. Um... For relaxing times, make it Suntory time. Um, I'll have a vodka tonic. Okay. <laughs> thanks. So what are you doing here? Couple of things. Taking a break from my wife, forgetting my son's birthday, and uh, getting paid two million dollars to endorse a whiskey when I could be doing a play somewhere. Oh. But the good news is the whiskey works. <laughs> Scott, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would reason you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? You think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? Suck my fat one, you cheap dime store hood. Hello everyone and welcome to another installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is episode number 69, Lost in Translation. Listener request number one. Right. Uh, Someone did make the comment to me that it's too bad we didn't do uh, Wild Things as 69. Well, it's a little too on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> Would have been a little too right. I've also heard, you know, from you, who's like the go-between between the ass clowns and the show, basically. Yeah. Right. I can't deal with the ass clowns no, directly. You're as detached as uh, Bill Murray in this movie. Um, I did hear that some of the ass clowns were disappointed with my creepiness level in the Wild Things episode. <laughs> I hope to make up for it in this one. Yeah. <laughs> They were like, Zach was uh, surprisingly tame. (laughs) Yeah, well, I don't know. What can I say? Buckle up. (laughs) Well, all right. So as mentioned, this is our first listener request episode. These ones will only be 10 minutes long. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But they are happening. Uh, Yeah, they are actually happening after all of that buildup of promises. And uh, hopefully we'll get to our second one, you know sometime <laughs> who knows yeah <laughs> right out of the gate after the greatest october God, in the history right. of forever um this particular one lost in translation was requested by a longtime ass clown brian bell oh yeah former podcast collaborator wow your two ago. co-hosts here not too many people are aware of our previous movie podcast killer cinema which is too bad for everyone. Actually, the podcast was called The Killer Podcast? Was that yeah, what it was? That's right. Oof. Yeah, a lot Not of... Not the coolest thing ever. <laughs> no, but... We had fun, though. It was yeah. maybe the greatest time of my life, really. <laughs> yeah. Back then, uh, I would just sit there and make comments. I mean, the comments haven't gotten any better, but at least, like, Brian Bell did all the actual production stuff. 
But, I mean, you, what do you mean at least so in terms like you didn't have For to do me, it then? For me, I mean, yeah. <laughs> now it's just like, now you're the Brian Bell. Yeah. Well, less than. <laughs> All right. Well, so thanks for that. Um, I'm assuming Bell was such a better character too than me. Definitely, definitely better on Mike. He constantly <laughs> thought that people were dead that weren't. <laughs> um, I don't know what day we're if we're gonna post this. Hopefully, I, I'm assuming we're gonna post it. We'll still have a little bit of time for our deadline right i think so yeah yeah well monday what is monday the 18th oh okay up until midnight is whenever yeah you can get those listener requests in probably get this out we have a sunday full slate right now but hey we're keeping it open till midnight on the 18th so here we go lost in translation what can we say there's nothing to say. This was a horrible pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Brian, for picking a movie where nothing happens. Just a bore fest. <laughs> I will say, though, I don't know. Watching it, the look of Bill Murray, it's kind of right before he starts to look really old. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, well, he was still kind of coloring his hair and yeah. everything. Uh, before he just completely gave up. Right. Yeah, Bill Murray uh, plays Bob Harris, who kind of through just like context clues within the movie, we're supposed to understand is an aging American movie star. (laughs) Star, in quotes. Definitely fading. Yeah. And he's come to Tokyo to film an advertisement for Suntory Whiskey, and the bulk of the film kind of takes place in this... um, hotel in downtown Tokyo where he kind of encounters Charlotte played by Scarlett Johansson. Just absolutely stunning. Yes. And she is like a recent college graduate who is in town with her husband who is a photographer and she's basically just tagging along on one of his trips for work and not really having much to do. And so the two of them kind of bond over this feeling of displacement from their comfort zones in life and also their kind of existential crisis that they're having. Mm-hmm. You their know, lives are so rough. One's a movie star. The other one is the hottest chick in the world. <laughs> I mean, well, Bob's is more of like a midlife yeah. crisis. And Charlotte's is more of a quarter life crisis, I guess, or kind of a... Why did I get married it so young stunning. type You're crisis? Like, Holy shit. She's like already hung it up. You know what I mean? Well, I definitely think that this film is a critique and commentary on the idea of marriage, marriage and monogamy. Um, I think Sophia Coppola herself, who wrote and directed the film, you know, has been married more than once. But I do think that she was possibly feeling that she had married too young in life at one point when she was married to director Spike Jones. Yeah, I can see that. And so she probably, I mean, I definitely think, you know, Charlotte's character is her. Whoa. You know. Or you just decide that like, oh, this is me. I'm going to have Scarlett Johansson. Well, this is b- 
before Scarlett Johansson was Scarlett Johansson. Okay, well, still, look at her. I mean, it's a pretty bold <laughs> move, too. Well, I mean, if you were going to cast yourself in a movie, I don't think you were going to pick, like, Jason Alexander. I think you'd go <laughs> I don't for, know. Uh... I probably would. I'm a realist. <laughs> All right, well, I mean, Sofia Coppola is an attractive woman. I don't know what you're trying to say. Yeah, she's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a fan. So, what are some of your... Uh, takeaways from the film oh we're getting there already well just in general what jumps out at you by beat uh well i'll say some of the things that i like about it obviously kind of like the weird dry humor but also just this kind of scope of tokyo with like the big city all the bright lights and shit but the music is kind of like this lo-fi like shoegaze it's kind of this weird juxtaposition yeah, very modern and hipsterish, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I think the portrayal of Tokyo in the film is, you know, one that adds to the idea of these characters kind of feeling out of place mm-hmm. and out of time. They're just kind of, you know, for lack of a better word, lost. Yep. And that's, you know, uh, you know, on on the surface lost in translation, there's some funny jokes about translation you know right when he's actually trying to film the commercial for Suntory right and the director is talking for about five minutes and then she the, the translator. translator says two words and he's just like that's really all he said <laughs> and I read um, what was he actually says I, I read the whole thing yeah the transcript you know actually uh translated into English and he he does say like a lot more right but the but she kind of just gives him the gist of uh-huh. it instead of the whole thing but yeah, I mean that's on the surface. But like another level to their lost, obviously, is they're lost in life. Yes. But you know, metaphorically, it's represented with their place being kind of this foreign land where yeah. they don't speak the language, and they're able to kind of form this kind of interesting, unique connection. Her being at a much earlier place in life, him kind of seemingly spinning his tires in middle yeah. age not really happy with how his life or career has gone to that point it seems i feel like i can certainly uh relate to both characters uh at different times in my life i mean i feel like i've somehow had multiple midlife crisis um <laughs> crises whatever i had at least the three during like this movie sophomore slash junior year of college i mean my whole 20s really were just brutal one meltdown after another good lord i mean a lot of just kind of like driving around by myself being like what the fuck (laughs) i'm still doing that but yeah i mean him just kind of like sitting in the bar a room full of people but being just completely detached i mean talk about relatable (laughs) so the film kind of has this iconic opening shot of <laughs> i'd say <laughs> scarlett johansson's butt in so like very like see-through sheer underwear on yeah i mean it's kind of like this pink uh near transparent material and you kind of lovingly g- go over her crack <laughs> <laughs> as it's just the main focal point of the film i do think it's funny that since it's a female director, it's not really like a big deal that this is like the opening shot of the film and uh-huh. it's so out of context and really, because I mean, you know, you could kind of go any direction 
you know, at the start of this film. I mean, we don't even really get any kind of introduction to her character in that moment because then it kind of goes to Bill Murray arriving. So it's like, why use this as the opening shot? I think if a male director did this, maybe in 2003, it probably would have been okay. But, you know, it definitely would be something that people looked back on and were just kind of cringed at, like, oh, quote unquote, you know, the male gaze or whatever they refer to it, you know. Uh But, yeah, I mean, (sighs) talk about a deep, crack (laughs) (laughs) now uh for vinyl record collectors i don't know if you remember the soundtrack of this the picture disc right yeah with uh, did i own that at one point i believe you did yeah (laughs) and i literally uh, owned every record you could imagine so yeah the 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 picture disc for it is basically just a close-up giant scarlett johansson's ass right in these this underwear yeah and fittingly, the hole in the center of the record. <laughs> oh no! Appropriately placed. Really taking this straight to the gutter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually joking. I've never actually seen that. Did I have it? You did. You told me about it. Okay. I can't. I can't remember the records I had. Yeah. So that point. actually could be completely made up. No. Now that you've you've. I wouldn't. Have re- I didn't remember it. But now that you've brought it up, I do remember that now. Mm-hmm. It was quite a thing. It was quite a thing to You should have held on to that. <laughs> Framed it, put it on the wall. Who says that it's not secretly under my bed right now? Now, I think it's become like a normal thing that we tell anyone who's listening to the show to just not listen to our first five episodes. But early on, we did Under the Skin. Do you recall if during that episode, we had to have talked about because every time I think of Scarlett Johansson, I think of uh, when she was in the Michael Bay movie, The Island. Yeah. <laughs> Did we talk about I that don't, before? I don't remember if we I brought mean, it up ba- way back then. For my money, never looked better than that movie. I, I just, she looked unbelievable. Like, it was, yeah, it was unreal. Level. It was yeah. unreal. And it just has to be mentioned. I mean, I, I, just, I would feel remiss if I did not bring that up. I don't know. I've seen that movie only one time ever, but I just... Yeah, I saw it in the theater. Uh, I was specifically just, because she was in it, and she was blown the away. Most attractive human being I'd yeah. ever seen in my life, and that, I was like, I have to see this. So, just great job by her, really. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, in this movie, she kind of plays like a. There's something just very like soft and wispy about her whole like aura and vibe in this movie. It's just like. It's it's something to do with like her voice, which is always her voice. She's mm-hmm. not putting one on, but like her her hair is not quite like bleached as it would become later in her career, like just straight up blonde. Like it's more of that kind of muted blonde, uh-huh. and like she's she's always wearing very either like white or pastel kind of colors, and she just it, it, pink I'm not, wigs. <laughs> I'm not pink, sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, she does wear a pink wig. Yeah. But like, yeah, she, you know, it was a big time for pink wigs, I should it say. Was, Between this and Natalie Portman and Closer. Listen, I, I'm into it. I don't know if this stuck with me from this time period, but if someone pulled that out now, I'd, I'd be into it. Now, what I was going for was like, what I was saying about all these things, she kind of has this angelic kind of vibe. And I wonder, again... And I, I I hate to be I hate to turn this into like some sort of like you know 
I'm Brady Snellis criticizing the Hurt Locker or whatever. <laughs> People but like, are like who? Yeah, yeah, that's a really that's a strange pool podcast <laughs> reference. Yeah, but just if a man had directed this, would this movie be lumped into that magic pixie fairy girl oh, thing you were talking yeah. about? I don't know though because I mean, he's kind of above that Bill Murray's character. What do you mean? Like, I think in that idea. He's stuck in this period of unhappiness, and then he meets this girl, and she, like, pulls him out of it. But I don't know that, like, he really has much resolution from his experience with her. I know, I but... I think he's got to go back to picking out carpet styles and whatever else he doesn't want to do. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, I think, you know, this movie doesn't really qualify for that, because she's kind of the main character mm-hmm. at times yeah it, it kind of is an equal footing and she's just as developed if not more so as a character but it's just kind of a. I mean she's more naive than him but it makes sense because she's a lot younger yeah the, well that's the thing the dynamic of the re- relationship is kind of strange because he's clearly like 30 plus years older than her so it's kind of like well what is the message here like matt this horrible ageist who doesn't believe that someone who's younger could be as wise (laughs) shut it so okay um so she's there with her husband uh played by uh giovanni rubisi just a douche and he's not portrayed particularly well no i mean he's not out and out terrible or anything. He never, oh, no. yeah, he it's never, not like he's like beating her or something. He doesn't like, yeah, I mean, he, he doesn't he's, do it really. He's not even like mean to her or no. anything really. I mean, he's a he's little, a little bit like, like dismissive. Yeah. Blows her off. Well, I think the idea is, you know, he kind of takes her for granted mm-hmm. and also probably did not really want her to come. Unbelievable plot point, by the way. I mean, that's your wife and you're taking her for granted? I mean, I don't know. Well, he's a famous photographer who gets yeah. to go to. Tokyo. Ugh, photographers are the worst. It is strange, though, that they're married. It's like, did he go to college to be a photographer? How did they meet? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. She's, we don't you know, she backstory. went for, what, uh, philosophy? Is that what she tells Bob? It's like, well, no is wonder Is that you're a major? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no wonder you're just completely unhappy. Right. Like every other millennial. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, who picked a dumbass major in college? She like was myself. At Starbucks, by the way, before they got married. <laughs> but like, I don't know. It's just he's some sort of semi-successful photographer. Mm-hmm. It yeah, seems I mean, unlikely he would have gone to like college. But she's a philosophy major who just graduated. It's like, when did they meet? How long did they date before they got married? I think she says they she's been married for two years, so it seems like she was married while still in college. Well, he was able to use that angle, like, you look like a model. Can I take your picture? <laughs> he's like, if he, he's, he was basically like one of those guys in the mall yeah. that just like would co- go up to everybody and right. say that. Um, if it was an old like uh, sitcom uh, plot, he would bring her in to take her picture, and then it would turn into not the situation that she thought it was. But it would never get that risque. Yeah, well, um, the movie, the uh, the movie, the um, the original version of Fame. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, Coco. Yeah, just <laughs> real sad, right? Oh yeah, that is dark. Um, yeah, well, there's a whole genre, subgenre of porn based around like the casting. Oh yeah, couch idea the casting couch, which 
I saw like a tweet recently that was basically like some sort of story talking about how terrible that was or something. I'm like, well, I just assumed that it's fake. Uh, you know, is it? It has to be fake. This right? is the thing. <laughs> one time I heard on a podcast, and it was a dude and a chick talking about this type of porn, and they were both acting like 95 percent of the time. It's fake, but there are some real videos, and I was just like, I don't believe that. I can buy that. How? I can. Bl- I can Wait. believe that there are some. I don't think it's as high as five percent. Yeah, I well, definitely believe there are some. Yeah, I mean, they I don't think I've they, ever seen it. They certainly weren't citing numbers, but I mean, it was just like regular, like L.A. comedians podcast or something. I, I don't know who it was specifically now, but I just remember it was a dude and a chick, and they were both like, "Yeah, I'm into it," and. It's mostly not real, but sometimes you can find the ones that are real. And I was like, well, how are you making that determination? (laughs) The dark web. (laughs) Well, so early in the film, uh, Charlotte's husband, I believe the character's name is John. He runs into... Um, Anna Faris. Anna Faris. I can't remember what her character's name is. I don't know. But she's an actress... And they know each other. Uh, I guess he took pictures of he her. He worked at some with point. her at some point, yeah. And so they kind of have this. Um, oh, hey, John, good to you see know, you. Like, like very over the top, and she's very kind of like ditzy and. Yeah, I don't think Anna Ferris gets enough credit. I don't. Th- I I think she's really super talented, and I don't think she often has the. You know, she she doesn't often get the material she deserves as far as like comedic roles i think she's i honestly think that she's she would have been funny enough to be on like saturday night live or something well we could see her work come up again on the pod uh yeah we will um possibly (laughs) but i mean you know i'm a big fan of the film just friends in which i think she's hilarious yeah she is funny in that uh i i definitely loved the first scary movie Mm -hmm. um the second one I did not really like that much, no, and then I think great. she was in three and four probably. But I don't know. I just I, I've I've always found her to be entertaining and good, and she. I think it's easy to kind of dismiss her as the characters she plays. Like you kind of just assume the way A she dumbass. acts in Lost in Translation is the way that she is, or whatever. But I don't know when you kind of we can kind of get into this now. I guess like the possible backstory of the John character i did like this i had never heard this before character Um, but when you were when you were explaining it to me i was getting a kick out of it it's i mean it's i guess it's long been um speculated yeah speculated rumored that uh giovanni rabisi is kind of playing a a version of sofia coppola's ex-husband spike jones and Anna Ferris is kind of playing a version of cameron diaz who spike jones worked with in being John Malkovich. And it wasn't, once you kind of say it and you see the way Anna Ferris is acting, you can kind of totally buy Cameron Diaz acting like that. Oh my God, so good to see you. And I like Cameron Diaz and I'm not like shitting <laughs> know, on know, her, but yeah. you can see it. Like you can totally see that that's how. Well, and I can even see the Spike Jones thing too. <laughs> I mean, it, it, he just, you could see him being like this. Oh, I got to go do this shoot, like putting his fucking scarf on and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Pretentious ass. Yeah. <laughs> She's obviously, you know, denied that in c- c- certain interviews and stuff. But I mean, what you going to say? 
<laughs> like, oh yeah, definitely. But I mean, that's the thing, though. It and it kind of comes off a little douchey on her part if it is accepted as true, because like, if she's the Scarlett Johansson character in the scenes where John and Anna Faris are interacting, and she's kind of like rolling her eyes at it. Those two kind of come off as like annoying and dumb in the scene, and she she comes off as like I don't know, being mistreated a little bit by her husband, like being shoved aside, but still looking more like the likable figure. Yeah, the so I, I mean at some point though, John, um, what does he just like announce like, hey, I gotta go up upstate whatever I gotta upstate go out, yeah i gotta go out in the uh country well i, th- for- I well i kind of think that it was predetermined yeah i don't, I don't think that he's springing this on her i think this okay. was always part of the plan that he mm-hmm. was gonna leave and go several to days. a different place in japan to shoot something and yeah. she was gonna stay no, there listen, and- it's great that you came on the trip but you stay here for a few days well i guess she has some local friends in the area but it's It's like does she though i mean that whole part is very bizarre i mean she does know the people and they know her but it's like they don't seem to really be yeah i know that a part always feels i can't even imagine having a friend in another city in pennsylvania or in the same city (laughs) let let alone in a different country (laughs) (laughs) but it's probably one of those things where it's like well, we had a class together in college, you know, some New York City school, and we're we're friends, you know. Meanwhile, like they don't even speak English or something. <laughs> well, by this she's point, very cultured. By this point in the film, Bob and Charlotte have encountered each other a few times in the hotel, and you know, there's a night where they both can't fall asleep because they both are having a hard time adjusting to the time change and everything, and you know, that's also kind of indicative of their state while you know for the duration of this film this kind of lost feeling of them like they're kind of a haziness to it too yeah i mean they're they're just kind of completely shook i guess is a word the kids use (laughs) so she just kind of she casually invites bob uh to meet up with her friends and they kind of bond through a night a fun night in tokyo where they sing karaoke and she puts a bl- uh, pink wig on and they do you know do Just all kinds of smoking. crazy stuff um i get the nights mixed up when they go out with her friends is that the night that he's wearing that just awful shirt yes the oh first my, time just shows up at her door <laughs> that's I mean, a, that's a truly cringe it's a funny scene but yeah it's more i mean you want to talk about matt crosby hard to deal like cringe moments i i <laughs> It's just like, what are you doing showing up wearing that, I don't know, construction worker mixed with Hunter trendy t-shirt? Well, it's like a camo shirt, but non-traditional camo colors. It's uh-huh. like that yellow, red, right. orange kind of combo or it's something. It's like a clubber wearing camo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a terrible scenester kid from like... 97 through but then it's like the solution 02. is to turn it inside out and cut the tag off but it's like you still got that little piece of the tag hanging well here's the, the thing though i think it is funny how unjudgmental charlotte is towards oh she's completely Bob, sweet yeah compared to how she is 
towards the Anna Ferris character and her own right. husband at times. Yeah, they I don't know, that's the night where she ends up falling asleep, I guess, before they can get back to the rooms and he kinda carries her Yeah. Through through the hotel hallway and into her room and stuff. That's quite a time that they have. It ends with him having to like princess scoop her and carry her <laughs> back to her room. I I just kept thinking like the whole time and you you had definitely had some pushback to this idea but I was just like by the time they went to like the second or third place and this you, you can kind of just get the feeling that's you know hours and hours are going by. I was just like I can't imagine how bad my back would hurt. And how much I would just want to go to sleep. My pushback was only like, well, I mean, I think there's probably a lot of people in the world that could ask you to go through a night like this and you would say no. I don't think Scarlett Johansson's on that list of people. I feel like she's on the short list of, along with, you know, Alexandra Daddario, Ana de Armas, (laughs) that... You're going to whatever karaoke bar they want to go to. Yeah, you would love I know. to get to carry them home. I know, but still. No, I know. Sometimes it's just like I just I can't. I just can't. <laughs> yeah, it's just but I'm just like trying to get into the mindset yeah. of this You're, of Bob I, who I, is clearly a middle-aged man and he's But I guess you get that kind of like shot of life. He's kind of been in this rut, you know, for some unknown amount of time and then the smoking hot little angel falls into his lap and he's just like, you know, I think suddenly I'm alive. I'm swimming in the pool. I'm exercising in the gym. Yeah. Cause I kind of took it. His motivations aren't necessarily sexual either. Like it could be, but it's not like he's just going out there hoping that this night is going to end. And so well, that's kind of the underlying tension of the whole film yeah. is you're not really sure because it never crosses into the overtly sexual until you know later in the film when he ends up sleeping with like the female jazz singer that's right yeah from the hotel bar but before we get to that let's talk about well his... i just like to say i think your version of this going to like if you were in uh bill murray's position you would go to like one bar and then she'd be like okay we're going to go to another place, then we're going to go to this karaoke bar, then we're going to go to this like weird arcade-looking place. You'd be like, I don't understand why we have to go to multiple bars. <laughs> when did this become this big thing that we have like all these different places we have to go to? Why? What happened to just like one bar, we all hang out there, and then we could just go home? Yeah, I, I'd never understand that. Yeah. I, I, there's no nobody in the world... Can convince me that that makes sense. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing, and everybody does it, and I hate like, it. <laughs> so, well, you know, we got we have multiple. What is different to get from to? one place to the next? It's the same. Everywhere have, I've ever been is the same. <laughs> if you Nothing. have an itinerary, it feels like there's more to do, <laughs> but there isn't. I don't know. It's Everybody's just seeking. distracting themselves from the idea that we're all gonna die. <laughs> yeah, everything is just one big. You know, ex- distraction. Yeah, you just prefer to not have the distractions, which is why <laughs> I just want to lay in own... bed thinking about my death. <laughs> I mean, you know, you you have no need for distractions. You only have thirty Blu-rays delivered to you a day. <laughs> yeah, but I don't have to go to different bars. To That's get... <laughs> true. I would agree with that. 
So before any of this happens, I want to kind of rewind it back, and we're kind of jumping around because this movie is not really like a we're not going to go beat by beat for something like this because there are no beats. No. It's all beat. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> <laughs> when he first gets there, uh, kind of I guess as like a, I, I guess it's just like a a sign of or a show of gratitude, a show of respect, or just kind of a gift. But yeah. he's kind of oh, sent so this thing. woman. To kind of have a, it's I'm not I'm still not a hundred percent sure what this one is. She a prostitute? Or who sent her? Like, is it supposed to be courtesy of like the hotel, or is it like the director or the people who own this? Uh, I kind of thought whiskey? it was. Yeah, I thought it was maybe more tied to the whiskey, yeah, but that's I don't probably know. true. Yeah, I, but we don't know. But that scene, I don't know how prostitution works in Japan, <laughs> but it's not like a normal prostitute. It's somebody who wants to like act out like kind of a it's a weird role play thing. some sort of idea where like he she wants him to rip her stocking and i mean you know i guess it's probably vaguely racist the amount of times they kind of make the jokes about like the r's and l's and the, all the sounds you uh-huh. know but you know there's kind of that moment of confusion where he thinks she's saying lip my stocking and he keeps saying it over and over. <laughs> that cracks me up every time I've seen this movie. I think it's the funniest part where he just keeps saying, you want me to lip lip your stock? <laughs> I know, but I think I would be like just hoping that she really means lip because I don't want her to, I don't want her to want me to rip the stocking. <laughs> That's very uncomfortable for me. But then like he just like kind of goes, okay, okay. And he like, t- he like grabs it and kind of like tears it a little bit she just collapses to the ground oh yeah like throwing <laughs> like she's overcome by his yeah. masculinity like <laughs> it's quite a production it is funny yeah. and his kind of just like face the whole time he just doesn't know what to do with her and he's trying to like pick her up off the floor and she's like pulling him down <laughs> i know it's like wouldn't you just be like so terrified though you're some sort of a celebrity, right? I mean, enough of a movie star that you're getting paid to do whiskey commercials or whatever. I mean, wouldn't you be, like, afraid of, like, a Kobe Bryant situation or something? I don't know. Yeah, and well, obviously, yeah, and especially where there's, like, a language barrier and it's, like, you know, you can't really make You're in another country. It's, like, uh, <laughs> I was trying to think of that movie with, like, Vince Vaughn and Joaquin Phoenix. Where they're like arrested, they're like, I don't know if they're framed for possessing drugs or something. Oh yeah, I can't. I think remember. Anne Hesh is in it too. Vince Vaughn and Anne Hesh. Are you talking about Psycho, the Shot by Shot remake? <laughs> no, maybe yeah. Anne Hesh isn't in it. Um, is it like some like something pigeons or or midnight something? Yeah, I, it might be something midnight. Now I guess Broke Down Palace could have just been the. Uh, <laughs> the go-to the reference, reference yeah. that I should have used. Locked up abroad. Um, <laughs> so, as we mentioned, as you're scrambling to look up this movie. I would like to know the, the answer. I, I'm pretty sure it's Midnight in the title. Return to Paradise? Oh, I don't know what that is. Yeah, Anne Hesh is in it. Vera Farmiga as well. Quite a reference you pulled there. Some people know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I kind of doubt that all of our regular listeners even know what Lost in Translation is. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) Um, But 
that is like a big fear of mine though just being in another country and don't go to another country some shit goes down and then all of a sudden it's just like i don't know the next thing you know why you're would in like, anyone ever go to another country why would you leave the house I, I why get out of bed that's a good point only bad things can happen <laughs> <laughs> nothing good so right before the end of his stay bob ends up sleeping with this kind of uh, ridiculous sad ridiculous sad female jazz singer who's got just shocking red hair yeah um as in like toothbrush red not hair red if you know what i mean i think i know what you mean like stop sign red but, yeah but brighter even not like the natural like orange red it's quite a sight and she's you know more age appropriate but the next morning, Charlotte arrives at his room to invite him to lunch, and um, Lady in Red just making a big racket. Yeah, in the over background. Here, she overhears the woman in his room, and they just kind of have a no chill, real terrible lunch at that point. Bob and Charlotte do because well, the, yeah, this I think the previous been building. They formed a bond, certainly. Yeah, I think the previous night is when they kind of had that. Very um, intimate conversation while lying on top of, you know, the covers in bed. Right. They're on a bed, and it's not sexual, but it's very, like... Feels like it could be headed that way. Yeah, and that's the thing, because you kind of took the knee-jerk of, like, well, fuck her, <laughs> like, you know, like she How was... How uncharacteristic like, of me. Because you were like, yeah, like she was going to have sex with him, and I'm like... I'm pretty sure she would have. Yeah. And I think the point is he does this with the jazz singer because he feels like he's getting very close to giving in and having sex with Charlotte. And even though that would probably be awesome in the moment, he doesn't think it's a good idea because she's too vulnerable and she's so much younger and you know, she's married. And I mean, yeah, obviously Bob's married too, but it's his choice to kind of have this meaningless one night stand with this female jazz singer, but like kind of pulling, I kind of see it as kind of a noble thing of him being like, well, I can't pull her into my web of bullshit. Adultery, just so noble. Well, I mean, I understand in the sense, I mean, obviously not for him. It's not a great thing to do to his own family, but like, as far as kind he's of he's not going to fuck up her it, life. It seems unlikely that this female jazz singer is the first time. No, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't think, think so. And he's like, I can't. I mean, take he had a prostitute ba- in the room. I think it's very possible that he's just thinking like, I can't take advantage of this situation with Charlotte. He really likes her, so he doesn't want to screw up her whole situation because he understands that. Even if they hook up, let's say he ruins his marriage and his family to be with her for what? A couple years of happiness and then they're just as miserable. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I mean, this movie is kind of just a snapshot in time. Um, We don't know exactly where their lives are headed after this moment. If they would ever, you know, if they're ever going to see each other again or whatever. But yeah, I mean... Maybe it's possible that if if it seemed like a realistic possibility that they could have 
you know, had a relationship beyond just this brief time period, maybe he would consider leaving his wife for, but like, that's not really what, what's on the table in this moment. You know, it's, yeah. And I just think it's more, he, you know, you can't ignore the obvious things, even if they're not explicitly laid out within the film, which is, you know, he's so much older than her. Mm -hmm. And yeah, she's not quite age appropriate for him. And it's just, you know, what you know what kind of person is he to you know just try to insert himself into this younger person's marriage and just kind of i don't know like he's just kind of i think she doesn't understand it because there's because they had this intimate conversation and this connection i think she's thinking of this as some sort of a betrayal that he would sleep with this other woman, even though it's kind of funny because the actual betrayal is with his own wife. (laughs) But she, it's almost like she's thinking if you were going to cheat on your wife, it should have been with me. Yeah. Which is kind of a hilarious thing to think. But I mean that in that moment, she's definitely hurt. I do think what you're saying is absolutely true and correct about the movie, but I do think that there is something to be said about relationship, no matter how long it's gone on, where they've kind of blurred the line between friends and like something more, but nothing has actually happened, but there's some weirdness going on. Yeah, like it's more intimate. We're going to do things alone that uh, couples would do, but nothing has actually happened and it's weird that then like there's this jealousy that exists when there's someone else in the picture yeah and i think it's kind of an interesting time in the film to kind of, as far as like kind of a plot structure to introduce this because it's 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 very near the end of the oh, film oh i know yeah it's not like this is kind of the um, main action of the film. That yeah, it's kinda, not like a catalyst for anything, really. Yeah, because other. basically what happens is they go, they still end up having this lunch. It's really kind of awkward and tense between them. It doesn't really go well, and they kind of argue. And then the only thing that really resolves it is that night there's a fire alarm in the hotel, and then when everybody's outside, they kind of just look at each other, and then they reconcile and everything. They kind of are just yeah. like... We're acting like idiots. What are we going to hold a grudge over this? Yeah. And that's pretty much it. I mean, they don't, there's no other, you know, because was it, what if he owes an explanation to anyone, it's obviously to his wife. I mean, what, what does he have to, ex- <laughs> I don't think she's getting it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, does he have to explain? Um, it's like, look, honey, I'm over here by myself. So, although I do like how he's getting like, all sorts of messages from back home. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like a series of he's the, just like the, his life is just like picking aggressive. out which carpet to have in some room in the house, and his his wife sends him carpet samples, and they all are basically versions of like a dark red and she just writes i like the burgundy one what do you think and he looks at them and he's like which one is the burgundy yeah because they're all basically the same and it's just like what kind of life so although just living in like a hotel not really uh engaging with anyone that seems like a great life 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's if I could live in a hotel. Yeah. And only really, you know, have to deal with like two or three people, that would be great. Mhm. So the following morning after they reconcile, you know, Bob is heading back to the United States. I don't know. I guess Charlotte is still staying there for another day or two. I don't know. It's, it's kind of like unclear. how long is this photo shoot or whatever going on? <laughs> well, at this point, uh, Giovanni Rubisi's just run off with Anna Ferris. Yeah. <laughs> so they kind of say goodbye to each other in the hotel lobby. And there's kind of this, It's it definitely plays upon your idea. It's a long goodbye. Well, it definitely plays upon the, the idea in, in movies where you're just like, you know, the will they, won't they thing. And and I think it's kind of toying with the audience's expectations and emotions in this scenario. It's like, well, are they going to kiss? Are they actually going to get together? Is something going to happen? It seems like it should. You know, I think each audience member could have kind of their own conflicted feelings about whether they actually want it to or not. Because, you're again, you it, there's a lot of things to get past before you can allow yourself to want that idea you know what i mean like yeah the age difference the fact that they're both married you know it's kind of a weird situation like just because they're both in this hotel in tokyo does that mean that their connection would actually you know exist and thrive back in america you know when they're kind of i don't know you know what i mean so it's like each audience member is in that moment and so it's kind of playing with that kind of, you know, think about like the last episode of Friends or something where it's like everybody just wants. I can't think of the last episode of Friends. <laughs> I don't know how you couldn't. <laughs> so it's like, but it's just it, the end of like so many of these types of movies. It's just like your expectation is the guy and the girl are going to get together because that's what you feel like this movie is building towards. Except this is kind of an offbeat kind of movie. And so you're like, well, I don't know if that's going to happen. And so it's that's what is dragging out because he's like looking at her sad and he's hugging her and they're saying goodbye and then she's walking away and then he's still looking back at her and he's like, you know, there's this kind of hesitation and you're not sure. And ultimately you're proven right because even when he's fucking driving away, he can't let it go. Oh, he can't shake it. And so yeah. he sees her and he, it's funny the first time you see this Hold movie. Hold on. I need to say goodbye again. Yeah, you see in this you the first time you see this movie you're like he looks out the window of the cab and he sees this blonde hair walking away. And even though it's you know, Japan and Tokyo and there's not a lot of blonde people, you still are like that's not even going to be her. Uh, yeah. You're like that's he's going to run up to this person and then it's not going to be her and you're going to be like, "Oh, wow." Cuz it it almost feels like all it, blondes are the same. You're setting yourself up for that sucker punch of like, "Oh, this isn't even going to be her" because you don't see her face the whole time as he's trying uh-huh. to catch her. And he finally catches up to her and it does turn out to be her. The cab driver just like, "What the fuck is going on?" Well, yeah, I'm surprised he just drive away. Yeah. Cuz I mean, after this whole thing plays out, he's still there, but he grabs her. So, yeah, he, he grabs her. They're in the middle of a crowded street, and he gets out, and he goes to her. They embrace, and at this point, Charlotte is basically, like, crying. <laughs> Which, why? I mean, I understand she went through a weird little thing here, but to inspire tears? And it's always funny. I mean, I've seen this film a number of times. Obviously, this is a much talked about. As I'm, like, tearing up just trying to talk about it. <laughs> You know, the ending is much talked about 
much debated, even kind of parodied and whatever. Parodied maybe later in one of Sofia Coppola's own movies. And they do kind of a nod to this in somewhere. <laughs> well, I would feel like I feel like somewhere the entire movie is a nod to this mo- yeah. <laughs> entire movie because it's basically it's the same thing. So he whis- he embraces her and then he whispers something into her ear. And if you turn the subtitles on, it just says like inaudible speaking or something. I've like I was gonna say, I've seen this movie a bunch of times. I've seen this part. This part has been played over and over, talked about. It's referenced, etc. And every time I see it, I'm always blown away by how long it is. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is he whispering in oh, her ear? I know. In my head, when I think of this scene, it's it's two seconds. It's yeah. like he just kind of leans in and says something, but it's like, no, he's holding her and he's got it he's like kind of cupping the back of her head and then he kind of like is talking into her ear and it goes on and on <laughs> and it's like what is he fucking reciting an entire shakespeare sonnet it's like what the it's fuck like, hey listen i know it didn't really happen for us but good lord <laughs> <laughs> he's he's giving her like his home address so that she can like mail her fucking see-through panties to him <laughs> i mean like I don't know. I mean, what what do you take out of this scene? What, I don't know. What, what I would guess you like think that he's whispering? Fitting to, her? to the actual narrative of the movie, I would think that he's supposed to be trying to give her some fucking weird life advice. I don't know. Like stick it out. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, stick it out. I don't know. What could he possibly be saying? I mean, because she kind of like not really laughs, but well, that's the reacts thing. in like a it's, positive way. Because, and I don't know if this is just because it's Bill Murray, but it's since it's Bill Murray and he's funny, you almost kind of think like he's making some kind of a joke. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it's definitely like a cool touch. Tad, I think this film is strong no matter what. But to have this kind of be like its own little artistic flourish at the end of yeah. like. We're going to have him whisper something. Leave it to mystery. And, yeah, and we're not going to know, and it's kind of its own little question mark. Because, like I said, a big part of this, the tension in the end of this film is the idea of will they, won't they, do we want them to, do we not want them to, like kind of thing. You're like, you kind of feel like you want them to be together, but you understand that it's so complicated and weird and they kind of give it to you finally because after he whispers something, they actually do kiss then for uh-huh. the first time. and Which they've had these like weird, awkward kisses, you know, on the elevator. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's its own like funny little right. moment because it's like, it definitely is just a kiss goodbye. But it feels but it's like, like they want to go for it. Yeah, and it's kind of like, on what planet, if you're kissing... Scarlett Johansson in an elevator, right and there, it feels yeah. like she's she's kind of pushing for a little bit more. And you're well, that's the thing. Like, no, There's, I'm good. See it's ya. a situation <laughs> where like they end up doing it twice because of, oh yeah, the elevator doesn't actually open. Right. Or, so, but it's like definitely something where if that happened and you were giving like a friendly peck goodbye, which by the way is something that happens in movies and on TV. The idea of me ever like kissing someone as like a friendly thing i mean other that, than your father i, I mean that is like so <laughs> that is just like insane to me though i just can't really imagine doing that i don't know i guess maybe like i've some, done it 
older uh, women and stuff will like kiss me on the cheek. It's like endearing and fine, but like I don't know. So oh yeah, this is like insane old lady tried to kiss me. <laughs> I mean, it was horrifying. Yeah, I, I mean, mean her that sounds horrifying. Like but it had been put on with like a brick. And I, I don't was just know. like oh. I just can't imagine a peer of mine. A peer, you know. <laughs> I can't imagine a peer of yours either. A contemporary of mine. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, hey, good to see you. Good to see you. And then I just like lean in and like kiss him on the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to go with the mouth, it's it's definitely going to be like on the side. You can't uh, be like a, a little side on. mouth kiss. Yeah. <laughs> you're like you're like jamming your tongue down a throat. But it is one of those things where it's like there's no reason to kiss again. It's a foreign thing. No, I know. Oh. Uh, yeah, but getting past that. Well, yeah, that's the other thing too. It's like you're like rubbing cheeks. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on there? Um, but that's the thing. In any normal circumstance, you'd be like, "Oh, okay, the elevator didn't open, but we already kind of gave the goodbye kiss." And then they follow it up again, <laughs> which is completely unnecessary unless you're like, you got a little taste, you want to, you know, well, give I think it the another idea go. Is that neither of them despite their different places in life and everything neither of them really know what to do yeah the situation is just so foreign and strange and they are excited by the idea of each other but they're not really sure what that means because in the context of both of their lives it would inevitably lead to great upheaval and change and so much could potentially come from taking their relationship to the next step that they're kind of trapped in this. Just seems like a lot of paperwork. I mean, (laughs) God. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's kind of the beautiful thing about the film is that the film is really just this lawyer's special moment in time between the two of them in this unique place under yeah. unique circumstances. That's what he whispers to her. It's just like, we just saved ourselves a bunch of like money and time in front of lawyers by just not having sex. <laughs> <laughs> they should do a loss in translation to electric boogaloo. Yeah. Where it just, uh, jumps in time. They are married now to each other. And they're both spending a weekend with different people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But that's why you just got to, you know, embrace the open lifestyle. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't really know what we're supposed to take out of the end of this or the whole thing in general. Is it marriage is a sham? Probably. Well, (laughs) we all know that. Uh, Final thought for me. If if this were me and I had that awkward lunch, that's it for me. One awkward moment, I can just never recover. I, I wouldn't be able to face her again. Well, what if the I awkward- couldn't live in the awkwardness? If I saw her outside during that fire drill, I would turn and prevent, pretend I didn't see her. <laughs> you would light yourself on fire. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, what if the awkwardness, though, was as a result of something you did? Doesn't matter. Wow. Yeah, I just can't. I can't. I don't know. I can't recover from that. I'm the kind of person that never lets anything go. So if it was my fault, then I would have had to have done something. 
If it was her fault, then I would have had to have turned it into a screaming match in front of all the other hotel guests. <laughs> For me, it doesn't matter whose fault it is. All that matters is we're never talking again. <laughs> and we need to pretend like we never knew each other. <laughs> yeah, but I come back to what you said about me being tired on that night out. I mean, if it's Scarlett Johansson in 2003, you're, oh. s- you're still doing that. Uh. You're just, I-, I mean, I feel like most people, especially schlubby losers like ourselves, are, are we're going to get to the point where a restraining order is going to have to get involved. Oh, listen, I've held it. some grudges against hot chicks before. <laughs> Yeah, but in this situation, it is your fault. Like, you do something to upset the hot chick. It's probably always my fault. Well, that's true. That's a more <laughs> kind of macro view of your yeah. life. It is kind of always your fault. Someday maybe we'll get into that, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that'll do it. I mean, right? was there anything else that we can take out of this film? I don't know. I think... I think uh, Brian now Bell Sophia Coppola is married to the guy from Phoenix, right? She was last I knew. I mean, you can't keep track of. There definitely is a Phoenix song in this film, right? I don't know. The part There's where they're dancing the at, at, at the house on that I don't big know. night out. I mean, I wouldn't have even known Phoenix was a band in 2003. No, nor would I. But upon going back and yeah, watching the maybe. film recently, That's probably true. Yeah, um, pretty good stuff. Pretty good. Pretty good first listener request out of the gate. This, I mean, uh, it was kind of a good one for us to do because, honestly, Lost in Translation is kind of right up our alley, I guess. And yeah. We would have probably made it there eventually. I mean, we did do a Sofia Coppola film, but that was all the way back last summer, I believe. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, it goes by. It does. It goes right by. <laughs> <laughs> so... We're not too far away from the greatest October in the history of forever. I think we'll try to get a little bit more of our regular episodes in before that. And then you can expect a big horror spectacular for 31 days. We're going to do 31 episodes. I'm just kidding. (laughs) An episode a day in October. (laughs) You just looked over. I was like, what? (laughs) Um, but no, seriously, like 23 though. Yeah. Well, um, and then, you know, we'll continue with the, uh, listener requests after, uh, October and, you know, we're not going to do only listener requests though. So some of these ones that have been coming in a little late, we might not get till, till get to until what? 2018. So everybody be patient. We're going to do all the stupid picks you made. Just shut up. We're we doing the show. <laughs> just forever (laughs) (laughs) well all right well we never have to do it again oh relax (laughs) so dramatic (laughs) that's the thing i could walk away at any time yeah (laughs) at a moment's notice that would be great if we made everyone hand in these listener requests and just stopped abruptly it's always possible i mean it, it could always be something like this that ends up like ending the show what do you mean like Like what i don't know just getting starting something and then being like this was a mistake you know what i mean but i could also see us just just then making an announcement in the next episode just being like we're not doing any of those listener requests (laughs) they were all terrible i don't know though it did really get a buzz going 
Although, I mean, the download count, not really. Yeah, so please, tell your friends, get start <laughs> spreading the word a little bit. Jesus yeah. Christ, I mean, come on. We're. Re- I mean, the amount of time we've dedicated to this show. Follow please. the show on Twitter. <laughs> um, I don't even care if you follow the show no, on Twitter. obviously. Just download the <laughs> episodes at least time. three or four times. Before you even listen to the episode, delete it and download it four <laughs> or five times and then yeah. listen to it. Find a public library with multiple computers. <laughs> Please, anything to get that count up yeah. a little bit more. <laughs> no, we're doing fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, all right. So, as always, thanks for listening. And this has been the greatest moments and you're looking at me like what are you doing i don't know we're going into some weird affected voice i wanted to do like a like kind of a new sign off oh i liked folks and this has been one of the great moments (laughs) (laughs) no 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 i mean whatever (laughs) your reaction to this is like i'm doing something like really terrible no no no. i think most of the listeners will find this enjoyable well i don't know i've uh, i think one of the main things we've always struggled with since the start of the show is is a good is a good sign yeah i I I liked folks were out of time yeah but it was kind of it was weird well yeah i could never make it feel natural Uh uh-huh so I was so instead I'm going the other way and making it just super unnatural. Mm-hmm. And this has been one of the great moments in the history of forever. Alright, no we're not. Alright, thanks for listening. See ya. Did you know Scarlett Johansson was seventeen? What? When this movie was filmed?
I had a dream last night that a hamburger was eating me.